Hello and welcome to the Leeds Rhinos Lot 17A podcast. This is the mailbag following the defeat uh, last Friday to Hull FC. But a mailbag with a bit of a twist. As you can probably tell by now, for those that are watching on YouTube or listening, I am not Eddie. And don't worry, his delusion hasn't got the better of him. The first question in the mailbag is from Chloe. And Chloe has asked, why doesn't Reese get a chance to host? So... Eddie threw me under the bus. So here we are. So I can now introduce my glamorous assistant. But before I introduce my glamorous assistant, I'm going to ask him to pull up the brilliant fanzine that is being produced by the ACDMB, who are a branding and creative design studio based in Farsley, Leeds. They create standout brands. So if any companies out there need a brand new logo or a brand refresh, just get in touch with ACDMB. Thank you, as always, to them uh, for sponsoring us and the uh, Lot Pod. Lot 17A fanzine, which is still available online to buy. To go click on, grab one of those. How is my glamorous assistant? This chair is not as comfortable as my chair. This co-host chair. It's, I don't it's know. amazing we had to actually swap chairs, didn't we, as well? Actually, all actually the way swap chairs. So those, a... For those that are listening, I'm actually sat in Reese's house. And he's sat yeah, in and I'm sat with Laurie's the edit. We've gone to Betty's wife. Yep. Just, just uh, we completely switched the way the way you built the intro up there. I thought you were going to say because I've killed Eddie and now I've, <laughs> <laughs> I've got sick of his delusion and I've decided to rectify it myself. All that, oh yeah, whatever. You wonder anyway. where he is. He's dead. <laughs> he's not. He's my glamorous assistant this evening. Uh, who's our guest uh, this evening? Making his first appearance of the season. Uh, one of our regulars, Lot Pod number three, Lot Pod squad number three. It's good old Laurie. Hiya, Loz. Hello. Hello. How hello, are you? Hello. All right. Not so bad, gents. Not so bad. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. Uh, welcome along to your first appearance of the season. We are going to touch on the Lot Pod squad later in the podcast. So we'll we'll kind of put a pin in that for now. Right. He's offended at mine, apparently. Um, but <laughs> on to the actually no, sorry, Laurie. Since you're on, you haven't been on so so far this season. Where are you on the scale of Eddie's delusion to me, sort of balance in the middle to Mark's Mark's frustration? Where are you on that scale at the moment? I'm kind of a bit halfway. I feel like we've not touched anything like how we was um, at our peak last year. I'm I don't know. I'm. I can see that we're going to improve, but the performances that we've been putting out are just not good enough at the moment. Um, there's certain players for me who are just not contributing what they should be doing. So I'm a bit concerned, but we can improve. I don't know. That's that's how I'm seeing it at the moment. It certainly hasn't been a funny start to the season. And that's my nice little segue to our first question of the evening, which has come from Lauren. Lauren has asked, what's the funniest thing that you've ever seen at a sporting event? Eddie? Cass in a grand final. Cass in a grand final. <laughs> Cass getting to a grand final. Cass getting to the Challenge Cup final. That were really funny. And the funniest thing about those two finals were, people call me deluded about Leeds Rhinos having seen, well, all of us have seen Leeds Rhinos win everything multiple times. The delusion of the Castleford fans on those those final days was astounding, and it was so funny just to see them. They genuinely thought they'd beat us. See, in the two thousand and fourteen 
Challenge Cup final, I felt, I felt, I felt good for them. You know, I felt that that made it to a final in a long time. They'd be down in lower leagues, and I felt no, it's it's their big day out. But then the 2017 Grand Final, completely just the the sheer delusion, and they just they just felt like they had to turn up. And no matter how many times you spoke to them to say, "Look, we're lead rhinos. We do this. We're going to chew you up. We're going to spit you out. We're going to eat you up. We're going to." Turd you straight back out to that dump, and <laughs> no matter how you how you you, you kind of try to sit them down to speak to them to kind of deny them the shock, it never it never sunk in. But I don't know if they, they were just too thick to realise. But you know, <laughs> Cass have never won a Division One or Super League. Cass haven't. Nope. No. They've so won the that, Challenge Cup four times, but they haven't won the top division ever. They never will, Reese. So that were really funny. The other thing I have is United versus AC Milan in the Champions League at Ellen Road. It was absolutely silent it down, like biblical rain, like you've never seen. There were people listening to this who were at the game as well. And Lee Boyer took a shot. It was really late in the game. It must be 80, 88th, 89th minute, maybe even later. And the Brazilian keeper, Dida, Dida, spilt it. It was just a rubbish shot straight into the middle, into his hands, and he spilt it. And it went into the back of the net, and United won 1-0 or 2-1. And that were really funny. Fair enough. One of mine's <laughs> kind of a successful funny story, and it's Brad Dwyer's, like, 40-metre drop goal. Because it's the worst drop goal I think I've ever seen in my entire life. And full credit for Dwyer for somehow having enough power to get it over. But it was just funny that it happened, that it was just such a rubbish kick. Um, but my, I think the thing I was thinking of was when I, I went to the cricket um, just after COVID, and there was someone dressed up as COVID getting chased by someone dressed as Boris Johnson with a, a needle. <laughs> that that had me laughing for quite a quite a long time. Laurie, what's the funniest thing you've ever seen at a sporting event? So mine's cricket related, and it's from a T20 game at Headingley. Um, me and my dad had gone, and it was uh, Yorkshire Lancashire. So obviously, you can imagine it was uh, you know a, a vibrant atmosphere, shall we say? And um, suddenly, a Yorkshire player hit a ball, and um, next thing you know, everyone went, "Oh my god!" And next thing you know, a bird dropped to the floor up pitch. And basically, the oh, shot had actually killed what? a bird. And literally, the whole Western Terrace were like, what's going on there? Like, everyone's, like, shocked. And um, once the, the thing had calmed down, all of a sudden, a fan jumped over the barrier and tried to give it mouth-to-mouth recitation. <laughs> and literally, like, I am not joking. Everyone were, like, cringing, but going, oh, my God, that bloke's doing stuff to that bird. And it was literally one of the Quite most... clearly a Lancashire fan. I, I hope so. That's all I'm saying. Oh, definitely. Just, like a week later, that, and a week later, that's when bird flu started. <laughs> well, that could have been it, yeah. But it was um, that has, uh, one of the funniest. I mean, I was thinking about this earlier, and it was just like that has to be either the funniest or sickest thing I've ever seen. But yeah, it was quite yeah, good. I agree. There's a fine line there. <laughs> I've actually got a bit of a funny story from when and it's actually about myself. The last time me. you snogged a bird. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I don't know why I went. Let's move away from that. Um, no, it's Yorkshire Lancashire last year at Old Trafford where the whole stand called me a fat Jack Grealish all evening. 
Literally just sang, <laughs> sang at me saying, you're just a fat Jack Grealish. That's not funny. That's bullying. <laughs> yeah. And my ginger mate that was stood next to me got called, you're just a fat Timo Werner. That was literally with only two Yorkshire people in this crowd at the cricket area and just got bullied all game. But it was quite funny, kind of, um, until everyone else was joining in. Um, on to Martin's questions now. Um, Martin's got two questions that are try-related. Um, he's saying, what's the worst try you've ever seen? I'll come to Laurie on this one first. Oh god, the worst try that I've ever seen. Is it is this Rhinos related? Okay. Um, he hasn't said. He hasn't said. That's a really I, I can't I, I can't think of a really bad Rhinos one. There will be one somewhere. I well, I can say the worst try that I've ever seen was on Sunday at Cass. I mean that's possibly the worst try. I mean, sorry, technically that wasn't a try, but that has to be the worst try I've ever seen with nobody around him and man uh, I can't remember his name now. The cast guy but puts the ball I, I was in the cast end watching it just oh, going. Now. Yeah, and literally just watched it going, he's put that ball out of play. And that literally also, uh, <clears throat> that also goes hand in hand with one of the funniest things you've seen. Yeah, exactly. So it's a, a, a question bouncer there, yeah. But that was one of the fun. That was the worst try that I've ever seen because it clearly knew what was going to happen, and instead of running towards the uh, post, he ended up doing that. So that's the worst for me. Eddie, have you got? I can't think of one. I don't know why I can't think of one. On a similar vein to that, I'm sure it was Faramau. How he pronounced it? Tom Briscoe last last year against Hull at home. He did like an extra roll, like he could score. But he oh, like yeah. rolled over again, and then I think it was Tumavava held him up, and everyone just like. But then it's not a try, is it? But the worst that again, there's been loads, and it's very difficult, like Reese says, to to pick one out. But Josh Chandler's try was it last year, the year before, in the, in the Western Corner? You were there, Loz. In fact, you you reviewed it on on Pod. They gave it, but he was nowhere near. Oh, I was, I was literally going, I was going to the bathroom at the time and he put it down, or claimed he put it down. And yeah. I, you can see me on TV pointing, going, no, that's not a try. And sure enough, it was given. And I, it was literally like, are you taking a mick? But yeah, that's possible. That is definitely a contender for the one of the worst. Is that, that's the worst. Because I'm, Loz was in that corner, like directly in the northwest corner, going for a, a pier, I presume. Um, yeah. They could kind of see exactly where it was. I'm the complete opposite end of the stadium. I'm like at the top <laughs> south. What's that? South east? Southeast. Southeast. And I could see where we were sat at the very furthest point away. One of the that it, it didn't ground it. And it was amazing that it went to the video ref and everything and didn't get overturned and it was given. That's I just remembered mine now. I think I've got my worst try. And it's that Jake Connor try from last season where he dummied the kick and just walked through, if you remember. Yeah. It was probably quite that, a good yeah. try, but it was the worst try, the fact that I've seen us concede because it was just so awful. Whenever, whenever I don't know how you two feel, you can answer in a second, but whenever something like that happens, I I, I kind of just get a, an awful feeling in my gut where I think we're going to get beat today because yeah. that, that, that has happened and we could Grand play all night. The grand final, that, that that try after four minutes, I just went, yeah, it's not our night. Because <laughs> we hadn't defended like that all year. And then four minutes in, it's like, yeah. But still believed. But on the opposite end of the scale, Martin's asked, what's the best opposition try you have ever seen? Now, I've taken this sort of quite 
broad. I've got the best try I think I've ever seen, whether it's been TV or whatever. And then the probably one of the best tries I've seen scored against us. Mm-hmm. So I think the best try I think I've seen is probably that Ben Barber try for Canterbury against Newcastle. Was, I think it was on telly, or at least mm-hmm. I watched it on YouTube. But it was when um, it was literally about to go dead. He, the kick, kick through about to go dead. He literally dived and literally grounded it about that much green grass. Yeah. Do you know which one I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's probably one of the best tries I've seen. And then one of the best tries against us, I think I've put it as the best try because it annoyed me the most. It was the Joel Tompkins try in the Challenge Cup final where Sam Tompkins beat two players and then gave it to Tompkins on the win and he gave, I can't remember who he fended off and then beat the full back to go under the posts. But it was a, it was unfortunately a very good try. But Eddie, what are yours? I've always liked that Thomas Bosk try for Catalans. Is it when he'd, I think he, I think he does a, a chip over and then another chip left foot, right foot. The skill were right, yeah. unbelievable. Do you remember it? I'm trying yeah. to think. I think I do. Yeah, yeah, it was yes. Yeah. That 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 always kind of stuck out for me, <laughs> just for for sheer skill. That always, that probably my favourite. What's yours, Loz? Um. Best try that I've ever seen. Oh, see, I'll go with the one that against us. I think you're right, actually. That boss one was amazing, to be fair. But I always remember, and, and it's a bit of a broad one. This did you ever? It always went by Nicola played against us. He always seemed to score absolute beast tries against us. And they always, it was literally a case of every game, oh, we know what's going to happen. Sure enough, you know, let's say, let's say we'll get the ball and just smash everyone out of the way and it always seems to be the case that he would always score the spectacular ones against us it always seemed to be a bit headingly for some reason it so did. that's I'm kind of that. yeah yeah that's kind of like mine um best try oh best try that i've seen that's a tough one i remember leroy revert scoring a try for leeds this god this shows my age it, it was like um a pre-season game in like 97 i think it was that um he ended up getting a ball at the um what was the uh, Eastern Terrace and sprinting down the north stand to Western, mm. and literally nobody could get anywhere near him, and he just went full pelt. And I think he actually put the burners on about thirty yards out. And mm. literally, I remember as a kid just going, "Wow, look at him run!" And literally, it was one of those moments that I can still remember now. But I think it was such a a unique thing that I really properly remembered seeing or stuff that mm. that actually stuck in my head quite a lot. There's loads. It's it's such a brutal question. I get it. But it's only brutal in that it'll probably be tomorrow or rest of the week where I'll be thinking, oh, my God, and I'll think of three or four other tries, but kind of like when you're on the spot, so to speak. I mean, my memory doesn't go as far as back as Loz's because in 1997, I was three. Um, So, (laughs) Well, the young ones, yeah. All right, 11. Um, Next question is from Georgie, who is asking, what is the worst day of the week? I'm going to keep this off. Wednesday. All right, okay, I'm not going to keep this one off. (laughs) Heading straight in there, Wednesday. Why? Middle of the week? Middle of the week, pointless. You, 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 You just want the weekend to come. Thursday's not too bad, because tomorrow's Friday. The weekend speaks for itself. Yeah, I, I reckon Wednesday, hump day. It's Tuesday for me. Mm. It's just because it's, it's my busiest day at work where I'm just stacked back-to-back with meetings and I don't get anything done. Mm. So I never really look forward to it that much. Um, Loz? 
So my working week slightly different to you guys. So my working week starts Friday and ends Thursday. So weirdly, Saturdays can be my worst day of the week. So, mm. well, I usually end up working on Saturdays. So for me, that's the worst day because it's kind of, unless I've got it booked off and I've got and then I've got a nice long weekend, um, Saturdays are my worst because it always ends up after work and, you know, it's a bit of a pain and I was a tiny bit hungover this past Saturday after the game. So it was one of those where it's like Saturdays are usually my worst. That's my personal one. Of course. Yeah. If your your week starts on a Friday and you're going out after the game and you're working <laughs> on Saturday morning. It's horrendous, yeah. Doesn't sound doesn't sound fun. Uh, <laughs> Friday could be my worst day of the week this week, to be fair. Um but anyway. Um Jacko is asking, would you change the calendar schedule of the season? Eddie? It's only slightly. Just because I think in terms of Super League, I, I don't know. I've always felt I'd enjoy games in December, like around Christmas. I, I've always felt like around the Boxing Boxing Day games and things. I always feel that there's a big crowd. For instance, that that could just be because there's a lack of rugby league, and then there's there's a game. And I think there was just there was almost ten thousand there for Leeds Wakey this year, last year, and. I've always just felt that it's a time everyone, no, majority of people are off work and, you know, it, it just felt feels like a good window to me to have the Super League game. So I'd I'd knock it back a bit, but I think the whole calendar as it is, is fine. It just needs, as we all know, we've said a million times, just needs adapting so the game's better and more promoted and better marketed and et cetera. But I, I'd, I'd just make a small change and start it in December just because I, th I feel that Christmas window. But then you are up against football, so, yeah. I mean, selfishly, I really like it because that means I get rugby all year round. As someone that likes both codes, I can just watch <laughs> rugby 24-7 you know, every day, every month of the year. So I quite like it for that reason. But, I don't, Laurie, what do you think? Uh, no, uh, because it's cold in winter and I don't like cold. Uh, no, I, I vaguely remember um, winter rugby and uh, it's not for me. It's a, too cold, whereas summer, perfect, better conditions, lighter nights, bit more family supporter friendly. No, for me, it's uh, summer all the way. There is something about going to a game in shorts and flip-flops and just a shirt, like just... And then going to yeah. the original leg, being in the beer garden, having a pint in the sun. That's what I makes can... it so special, I think. I've said it yeah. loads about Leeds and how amazing it is and Headingley, but Headingley, that's the draw. You, you're, yeah. you're right, Reed. You can go in your flip-flops, your shorts, your vest, your T-shirt, into a beer garden, into the game and back to the... That whole vibe, no, I don't think another club in the country has that. Fair enough. It's just weird, though, isn't it? Winters just seems depressing, whereas summer you can... Everyone feels happier, I think, as well. It makes people do stuff, doesn't it, Laws? It makes it's easier to like not convince people, but people seem more like content with. But yeah, I'll do some. It's, it's still I do quite like the under the lights games, though. Like I like it when it's the dark and oh, they do I the do. light show well, yeah. the half time, mm -hmm. and they've got Majesty coming on in the background. I'm like, okay, this like I get with a light show. You, you kind of lose that a bit, don't you? But then again, it's it, the both of them have got different vibes, haven't they? Right? I, I definitely mm -hmm. feel that the afternoon games in the summer I'm definitely more family orientated and better mm. <clears throat> definitely but um Joel uh, has asked we keep mentioning that we need two new halfbacks we need to sign two new halfbacks so he's said to us 
tell us who's available. It's easy to say we require this and that, but tell us who we must sign or who we think we should sign, and it's got to be realistic. So I thought Mitchell Moses was fairly realistic. We can afford 2.1 million, can't we? What's wrong with that? Yeah, I, I think Gary Harrison's got realistic. that in his pocket. Um, it's a good idea. It's a You know, it'll work. Um, so I did, in usual fashion, I actually have gone a bit more, I've tried to go a bit more realistic with this. I'll go to Eddie later on for the stupid answer because that's no, <laughs> no no doubt where it's going to come from. So I looked at some of the halfbacks that were off, off contract this year, purely in the NRL, actually. I didn't even look at the league this year. And that's another thing as well, like Josh Drinkwater wasn't available but came available last minute for Warrington, so things change all the time. Sean Johnston's off contract this year at the Warriors. Now, I know he's 32. Oh, I know no. he's 32. But no. I've always... I, I think this is primarily because I just want to see him play. Because I think he's a, he was a phenomenal player. But I don't think he's probably got it anymore. There wasn't really any massive names coming off contract in the NRL in the halfback. There was Kyle Flanagan, uh, Luke Brooks. But I wouldn't say anyone special. So that's where you try to be realistic in terms of is anything if there's anyone better. I don't know who's off contract in Super League this year, other than Caesar and Austin. Um, Laurie, I'll come to you first. Whether you want to be realistic or daft, <laughs> I, I generally don't know. I I I think we'll keep one of ours, and I think it'll be Austin. Jesus I don't Christ. know why. <laughs> um, I don't know. I. I just... <sighs> It's a tough one, isn't it? Because the NRL and now, with especially with their salary cap getting increased, it's going to be even more difficult to get anybody from there. So you're even going to have to look for like Queensland Cup or Jersey Flag or something. Uh, I, I don't know. Do you do you risk it? Try, do you try to sign somebody who's unknown to major? You know, in the NRL, or do you look a bit further down? Do you know? Do you go for somebody who, you know, Smith? had in his team so I don't know what what do you think is that a risky option no <clears throat> no I agree I think in terms of who's available currently like Reese mentioned one Carl Flanagan now we don't know how he's going to go where is he Bulldogs how he's going to go at the Bulldogs if he's still there I think he's so, young yeah. he's been kind of in and out of NRL side his career, he might be another one. <clears throat> Excuse me, similar to Brody Croft and Jackson Hastings, who need a chance, could come over here for a year or two, light it up, and then head back over. Um, one player that is off contract, that is in Super League, and that is really, really good, and a player that Leeds could sign tomorrow is Mason Lino, halfback from. Wakefield, mm. he would take a quarter spot. We'd have one available, and I think a lot of people listening to this would accept and be happy if we signed Mason Lino on a two, three-year deal. Um, he's young. Arthur Moore, Cade Cust, yeah. So Arthur Morgan, Cade Cust are coming off um, contract this year, and Sam no. Tompkins is also coming off contract. I won't go Cade anywhere Cust near Cade Cust because no, he's definitely not. He's, oh, rammed. He's he's awful. Who's the other one you said? Sorry, Arthur Morg and Sam Tompkins. No, Arthur Morg is probably gonna get a new deal if he hasn't already. Gonna get a new deal, but, but yeah, Arthur Morg, Mason Lino, they're two that I'd have in a heartbeat. Very similar. I don't care. 
I'd have them both in a heartbeat, no problem. But would you? I think uh, they're realistic. That was realistic. I'm quite impressed. Go would on, you Laurie, not what give? You uh, would you not give Jack Sinfield a chance next season? Yeah, that seems to be getting overlooked. Mark were well with. We have kind of touched on it, but I, I, I get the feeling. I don't know, perhaps looking into things too much, but I just get the feeling that Rowan sees it as a longer term yeah. thing with Jack rather than like us, Barry, Mark, all our regulars kind of think in his game time this year. Rowan yeah. doesn't seem as keen. Again, that might be me putting two and two together and getting five, but he's in the twenty one though, isn't he, this weekend? Yeah, for me, Aiden sees a pathetic performances. He should be dropped. And if Jack's fit, which I think he is, he should be playing. He should be playing against Saints. If he's fit, then... Yeah, Jack I think... Totally agree, with totally yeah. agree with I'm telling you, young and old, Batman and Robin, Sean Johnston, Jackson Field, telling you. <laughs> Sean Johnston, no. I mean, no. <laughs> this is living in 2004. Yeah, 2013, that semi-final, well, that's what he's Sean Johnson a, had a good game for a decade. <laughs> I don't care. I just, no. I just, I thought he was. He always, he always used to excite me watching because I never knew what he was going to do next. That's the key word, though, Reese. Used to. Yeah, yeah. but used yeah. to. Well, I tried to be realistic. There you go. Um, <laughs> I generally before Brody Croft signed that contract, that could have been realistic, but yeah. now he's got that contract. It's it's yeah. no way of touching. Yeah, very similar to um. Who are I going to say? Jackson Hastings, you know. He, at the time, everyone in the league could have had him. Obviously, he went to Wigan, but yeah, Croft will... I, I, regardless of the eight-year deal, I don't think Croft will be here in this country. He'll be back in the NRL next 2024. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, Freddie has asked, he thought Neddy, Nene McDonald played well, but he thinks he needs a chant, so surely uh-huh. something works with his name. Now he does have the name McDonald's. So we quite clearly could just shout randomly, duh, 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 duh. you know, you're not do it. <laughs> right? I, that was a perfect cue for you to do it. Yeah, so I thought you were going to go down that McDonald's, McDonald's. Oh, we could do McDonald's. Sorry, <laughs> that's even better. The There's something we can workshop there. McDonald's, McDonald's, McDonald's Rhinos number four. There's, there's, there's something in that. McDonald's, McDonald's, these runners number four. I'll make. Oh, hang on. We'll, can, uh, we, we can I've work. My, I've got my piano. Oh na na, what's Nene? Oh na na, what's no, Nene? No, 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 and no. That'll get stuck in everyone's head if I say it again. Oh na na, what's Nene? That's terrible. Laurie, any ideas of your own? Then, if you're saying that's terrible. Uh, See, right, I've got one of my mates who used to start all, uh, create all the transfer rhinos, and that's a true story. And we were on about this over a week, and we couldn't think of anything for him. So this is um, it's a kind of a weird one, but I don't know. We need to workshop it as Leeds fans. We need to get together yeah. and workshop a, a chance. And on it, Sangare needs one as well, but it needs a bit of French flair in it. Like I'm not just having a, a Yorkshire one for Justin. Like I'll Leeds one. I want a proper French sort of. Like, I don't know, not some sort of dramatic melody for him, but you know, I just feel like we've got to. <laughs> Do you know much French? <laughs> it's just got to be some French in the chat, whatever there is. Um, because he, I, I genuinely think he'll be a fan favorite actually quite quickly. So, if we, we already, yeah, I, I agree with what you said on, on match review panel, yeah, pod. Um, I think he already is, isn't he? Get that flavor of 
He definitely is. I'm yeah, loving. He is class. Um, what I well, since Laurie had a chance to, what what do you think? Ask you about this. What do you think of Sangare so far? I think he's done really well. I think, um, especially when he came on Friday, you could tell the urgency. He mm. literally, you could see him driving the ball, and you thought, "We haven't had that. We've not had that for 10, 15 minutes. We've not had somebody taking that ball forward." And for me, he's how do you use him more? I mean, bring him on so late into the game, it just seems a bit of a. I don't know what tactic. It seems a, a quite a poor move for me personally. I mean, I'm, I'm a bit traditional, playing like a little bit in the first half and then bring him on for a bit of a chunk at second. But he um, he makes a big impact, doesn't he? And he really yeah. doesn't mind taking that ball forward and tackling. So for me, I think we need to use him more. I don't know what you guys think. He definitely needs coach. to get a skin in both halves. I think um, for me, I, I would have him on for the final 15, 20 minutes of each half. Yeah, because um, he would make a massive impact. We're about using um, a phrase from Eddie Jones, but finisher. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay. Uh, Sarah has asked, what does it take to get a mention on the podcast? Simply, Sarah, just asking as you've done. So, uh, Sarah's got two brothers, Marty and Jack, who are massive uh, Rhinos fans. So, a big hello to you both. Uh, thanks for listening. And Sarah, also thanks for listening and the question as well. Um. James Burroughs asking a non-rugby question. So, and I and, and I like this question, and I do agree, but I've got a bone to pick with one, one something he said. So he said, couldn't help but think the beer selection at Headingley is pretty poor. Um, every year I go, and I hope there'll be something else available. Uh, and given all the breweries have got in Leeds, or Kirk's, or Northern Monk, Wildchild, are we missing a trick not having these available and supporting Leeds businesses? Seven brothers who are based in Leeds did a even did a limited edition charity beer for MND uh, Association. So the only thing I have to pick out about this, James, is that seven brothers are actually based from Salford. Yeah. So they're not Leeds-based, unfortunately. But I completely agree. I think I it would be great to have a North Beer Tap or Northern Monk Beer Tap. They'd probably charge us about seven or eight quid and then another quid for the cup. Because, um, But it would be nice to have a bit more variety. And I mean, I paid £3.50 at Keefley. I mean, it's Keefley. But I paid three pound fifty for a pint. But uh, Laurie, you like your beer. Um, what do you think to that? They've got. They should get Kirkstall, shouldn't they? Think about it. Kirkstall beer. It's only down the road. It'd be a perfect selling point. And the history of like Leeds RL and Kirkstall is massive. So, you know, even a couple of you know lines of it would be absolutely brilliant for everybody. And good beer that Kirkstall mate. So yeah, and also Northern and. Northern Monk, all that lot, they're all perfect and would be good, like Leeds things. But yeah, they should they should be promoting Leeds company, shouldn't they? Really, exactly. Well, they yeah. should, and it's it's like the only reason I can think that they don't do something like this is <clears throat> the numbers, the finance. It it, it can't add up yeah. because it's yeah. such a tapping. But this they'll have sponsorships as well, won't they? So like, yeah, it'll be have a sponsorship with a company, which means they can only use the brands that they work with. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a deal, a pump deal. So you know, San Miguel for however long, and and I don't know, but I'm, I'm assuming we should have probably something we could have and should in future ask Rob Oates. He might, could, but it could even be a pop up stand at the where the food yeah. is at the back of the south stand. It could be just exactly. saying, "Look, you come, you you pay a bit of money, or we'll take a percentage of your money you make," but come have a stand but the problem is it, it takes it away from the from the club doesn't it but uh, whilst I did say seven brothers are from Salford and they're not allowed they are allowed if they do the limited edition charity beer yes, can put that yes. they could even do something a different brewery per game or yeah. for three games so they'll invite a brewery down and say right you can put three taps on 
and it's you know promote it and or they could do it in the car park in the south like Reese said put a couple of pop-up pumps in south stand concourse it's such a good idea and it'd be a good place to local business as well yeah, exactly. exactly full house james full house um got three questions from a guy called laurie um well we do he always asks free as well um so his you know first question... as well sorry <laughs> laurie has asked three questions on every single mailbag he has he has to be fair um what rugby league chant do you really admire i'll start with you on this one eddie the kev one because i i, I find it to be like a little love story you know Here's to you, Kevin Sinfield. The rhinos <laughs> love you more than you will know. I just think it's so perfect for, for the perfect bloke. I just think so simple as well. And um, it, it it's really short, but says everything. Yeah. I think sometimes, sometimes the work on the longer, but other times I think if it's condensed into exactly what it is and it has such meaning, that that to me was the perfect one. Obviously, the Delaney one as well, because that for whatever reason, I'm not even sure why. Brett is an amazing player. We all know that, but no matter what the score was, who we were playing, if someone started that Delaney song, everyone sung it. <laughs> everyone, even we'd stand around in the old South Stand, and there'd be kids. I remember, it's being stood next to like six-year-olds. To say like <laughs> murder you, I'm just like this is just this is what it's all about. It's it it the peacock one as well, wasn't it? Where he's uh, yeah, he was a well well endowed, wasn't he? And he well used to took it in and and yeah. his head and took it in his sock. And then um, the last, sorry, the last one for me on on, on that that simple but effective was, was Barry's. Barry's gonna get you, mainly yeah. because it was true. So when the old South Stand spelted that out. You could see, visually see, because you knew Barry was going to get someone. It was guaranteed, <laughs> whether it was a legal hit or an illegal hit, Barry. Or was just a punch. <laughs> yeah, or just a straight up punch to Stuart Fielder's big head. But it was like, it was so true. And because Barry played that way, we knew he played that way. When we sung it, the opposition knew he played that way. So it might have been, so, I, I often felt like, there have been times where perhaps the opposition playing against Leeds at Headingley might not even been aware Barry's come on. You know what I mean? They're in the line. Th- and then the South stand, they're like, Barry's got... And they're just thinking, shit. <laughs> <He's here." laughs> like a, I always go on about great white sharks, but like a, a great white shark and, you know, you're in dangerous water now. Barry's here. Those are my favorites. I think... Um... I do quite like the new Westerman, Westerman one that was being sung. I'd have to admit, I, quite like quite a bit. <laughs> I know that's really fresh, but God, it, I did, it makes me chuckle. Um, in terms of really admire, it's the one that probably sticks to me most, and it's Tony Smith and his magic hat. It's the first real chant that as a kid I ever really yeah. sort of remember. And so, but yeah, so I'm saying Tony Smith and his magic hat is the one for me. What about you, Loz? I love the um, well, we created, which was the. Um, I should really explain that there was quite a lot of us who used to stand at back at Southstand who used to come up with all these chants on like away days. But um, the uh, we're a team to call the Rhinos one with um, Scotty and Ali and Peacock and Kylie, Cindy and Robbie Burrow. That was one of my favourite ones that we created because mm. that used to get everybody going at no matter it where. Did. Every mm. away game, every home game, one of us would start singing it. But I always used to love them. Um, 
I still do. Uh, green, green grass of Edinley. Whenever we yeah. get that going now, I mean, I have been in Southdown for years, but so obviously I've done well. I have been in not so long ago, but as in match day, I don't think anybody ever starts that now. But you know, on the away days, we always try to get that going. But yeah. that's a proper old school. You know, that's a beauty. There's not yeah. many chance at all now. Thinking about it, to be honest, when I it's because there's no atmosphere. It's absolutely shite. Yeah, because <laughs> we've moved. That's why. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, well, anyway, um, <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. Yes, I know, <laughs> I know, you, I know what you two is. I, I really like the stadium, by the way. Um, what's your ideal day off? Go on, Lozzie, kick us this one off. Us this one, you see, right? I'm thinking about this, and do you know, I'm, I don't know if it's a sign of getting older, but like a, a nice walk somewhere, or you know, like yeah, walk down the canal. And... <laughs> <laughs> you know, something really nice, followed by a nice beer somewhere, or going for a good coffee, and then. You know, watch them at decent, you know, something where, you know, not like, you know, you've seen something different or something nice and refreshing. Mm. You know, I just thought that was good. I mean, I was going to say go to a rugby game and uh, drink, you know, a couple of beers and watch the game. But I thought, no, a nice, simple day out, you know, relaxing, chilled out. Um, Yeah. What about you guys? To be honest. I thought that the grand final was actually one of the best days I had last year, too. (laughs) Despite the, 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 the result, I had... An immense day. I went, you know, going back to the old days, going to the rugby with my dad and going to the grand finals. It was just a an awesome day. And obviously the pub uh, with all the people from the podcast there. But if I could replicate that day somehow, except with a win in the grand final, I think that would probably be my ideal day. A win in the grand day. final and not in that dump. <laughs> but I, I kind of do agree with Laws, and I'm the youngest one. But there's nothing I, I love going for a massive walk and then finishing and finishing up in our pub in our village where we live. Um, taking in the sun and just chilling out. Um, but no, I think my ideal day off would be replicating that grand final day, which was awesome. Eddie? Just not in Manchester. <laughs> just not in Manchester. Soon be Wembley. Soon be Um Just for me, I'm a big family man, so just a day out to Whitby or something with Harriet and the kids, fish and chips, swimming, our kids, just... Preferably on a day when everyone else is at work. Yeah. So it's not busy yeah. because when it's busy, it's just a bit too much. So that'll be mine. Yeah. Something simple like that. I don't think you can beat it. Fair enough. We've all shown our different ages there. Loz has obviously done too much drinking. He needs to go for a walk. I'm still young, <laughs> enough. I'm still young enough to hack it. And Eddie's got a family. And, 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 and has, kids to, out. Yes. That's the just what's a place where the kids are in the house. <laughs> There we go. And uh, Loz's final question is, what is the best joke you know? So cue Eddie saying the saying... Cass and Waking Super League. Yeah. <laughs> that was not rehearsed. Uh, what's the best joke you know, Loz? So like, one of my favourites is a, re- is a really weird and abstract one. And it's kind of a bit Stephen... It was from Stephen Fry. And it always makes me laugh because it's so poor. It's what's red and invisible. No idea. No tomatoes. And it's one of those, right? Exactly, right. It was literally. I think my five-year-old told me that joke, (laughs) (laughs) and I don't know why, but it just always makes me smile because I think a it's terrible, and b I get it, and it's like that's quite funny. But that's a a Stephen Fry joke from many years ago, which I think I don't know why. Sorry, it's just terrible, but brilliant. (laughs) And I can, Reese, I can see your face. I can get it. (laughs) He's googling it now. 
How, well, let's be honest, the, the world's yeah. best joke. <laughs> I, I can't remember. I can't remember. The, I'm trying to find the actual words for it because I can't remember it. But it, it's, again, I mentioned it. It's from the We Got the Chocolates podcast, and um, <laughs> it's something to do with. Um, it's, oh, I can't remember it. I'll, I'll have to repost it somewhere. But it's about. Um, I can't remember what it is now. I have to find it. But any, anything from We Got the Chocolates. But there is a particular one from there that I can't remember. I've got one to send you from earlier, by the way. I'll have to have you got one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got we send, we, we send yeah. these to each other all the time. <laughs> um, okay. Um, Emma has asked, we haven't had a food question for a while. Um, I know we haven't done that many mailbags, but we've got our first food question. Back. We used to fact, always got, get food questions, didn't we? In fact, we've got two food questions in a row. The first one is from Emma, and she's asking what's your usual takeaway order. Um, Eddie? We always get Chinese. Chinese. It's pre- predominantly because Harriet doesn't like spicy food, so we don't get spicy food, so we get Chinese. There's an amazing restaurant by us where they don't deliver, but you can pick it up. And we always get salt and pepper chicken, salt and pepper prawn. We love prawns. Salt and pepper oh. prawns, sweet and sour prawns, special fried rice, noodles, and spring rolls. Chinese for me. Salt and pepper pork. <laughs> the salt and pepper theme. Chips, curry sauce. Done. Loss? Uh, Are you well, completely electric for a Chinese or something else? I, I don't like Chinese. It upsets me tummy, so I have to... Um, well, I've got a couple of really good takeaways near me, so it kind of varies. There's one that does square pizzas, which is uh, which are absolutely amazing. Um, wow. I know, and I've, I've got a curry house, which is easily... If you saw it, you'd be like, I'm never going to that curry house ever, because it's... Those really are the best places, Lost. Do you agree? Honestly. Those are yeah. the best places. The food, it's got a food hygiene rating on the window of one. Have you ever, <laughs> so you know no, no, you're no, taking no. your life into your own risk, your into your own hands. Just on a, on a, on a, sorry to butt in, Loz, but on a, have you ever, for instance, when we first moved in together, me and Harriet, in Leeds, we kind of ordered bl- blind from places, so we didn't know their location, we just had the menus, and we ordered from like a Chinese, and it was absolute, it was stunning, it was gorgeous. And then we drove past it one day, and we were both like, "It was just a, it was a dive. It almost looked boarded up, like a tiny little, yeah, rotting dorm." We were like, "Oh my god, is is that is that the place?" And then that exact same thing that Lost says, like, "It's gorgeous, but to look at if you like if you were driving past or walking past and saw it, so if, if we'd have seen it prior to ordering, there is no way, yeah, on on this planet you would order from that place." And yet, so I'll, I'll give you the name of it. If Reese wants to look it up, right? Look it up on Google, right? <laughs> it's called Blue Tiger in Bramley, right? Look at it, and you'll be like, "What the hell?" And honestly, it's one of the most amazing curry houses. I've been to quite a few curry houses, but this place is literally outstanding. Everything of it is incredible, and you look at it, and you go, "What the hell?" That's in like a really like it's in the middle of um, not the most. You know, nice area you could ever imagine. But honestly, it's like voted one of the best restaurants in Leeds. It's been raved about everywhere. It's like absolutely incredible. Oh, Sorry, me, me and Reese are just Googling. Sorry, it yeah, we're just, yeah, just, just, <laughs> we're just pausing a podcast while I'm on Street View to look at this uh, Blue Tiger. Um, it doesn't look as bad as you made out, Lose. Honestly, when you look at the air, like if it's on like a parade and the parade's like proper, like it's like really bit dodgy but yeah. this restaurant is unreal honestly it's like Tarly's though and i do enjoy a yeah That's they are incredible by the way absolutely incredible. good for that and um 
Manjits as well. He's the, they're good oh. for them as well. Mm-hmm. I'm just getting really, really, really hungry now. So I'm going to move on to Carl's question. Now, Eddie, are you in a safe position? Are you are you prepared for this question? Because this could upset you. It's your chair. So if it, anything that upsets me, <laughs> it's going to snap your chair to bits. <laughs> so Carl says, imagine my disgust at the whole game when I went to buy my usual game day meal. A Wilson's pie. Only to find out that they no longer sell them. What the fuck is going on, Eddie? <laughs> they've, they've been replaced by Pucker. We need to sort out a petition to get Wilson's back. Tell your mate Rob Oates all about this. And I've got something else to add to this because I had a pie on Friday night and I was telling my uncle, oh, the Wilson's pies are good. It came out as a Pucker pie and then they put a Pucker pie in a Wilson's carrier bag. Oh. <gasps> So at no, least Wilsons are still getting advertised and money, but it wasn't, a, it wasn't the quality of a Wilsons. So, yeah, what's your thoughts on that then, Eddie? You brought the news to me. And did you break the news to you as well, Loz, in group chat? Because Reece... uh, Yeah, I, I I mean, I got into the ground quite late. I got I went at the same time as you, didn't I? Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was very much... Um, I, I can't believe it. It's a, it's a sad day. It really is a sad day that they've not got Wilson's food. It's amazing. What's going on, Rob? Rob Oates, where are you? <laughs> that's too. That's I'm being genuine. That's two solid questions for Rob Oates. That what happened to Wilson's and what's the deal with the bevy? You know, we'll is have it to arrange a chat with him, won't we? Yeah, next um, time we speak with him, I'll have to ask him about them and get we'll back. I, I think I don't know. It just must be similar to the bevy. It just must be. Um. I don't know, a, a type of deal where it's a year, two years, and then someone else has the chance to, to come in. But poker pies are so basic. Yeah, they weren't. They're not great. But yeah, so Carl, completely agree. We will speak to Robots. We'll use our connections. and We'll, we we'll want have, Wilson's back. <laughs> we will have a word. Um, we've got a question from Ronnie. Um, and I'm going to assume this isn't Ronnie the Rhino because this person called Ronnie is heading down from the north uh, for the game in a couple of weeks and has asked, what's the best place in Headingley for a pre-game drink? We're in taps normally. I'm not saying that's the best place to be, but no, it's it's probably in terms of its. I don't know. It's probably the worst, really. The others have a bit more of a vibe to it. It's, we just park there, so it's just simple to get out the car, have a drink, and walk down. But it depends. Who, who said it? Sorry, Ronnie. It's uh, Ronnie. Ronnie the Rhino. It, I'm going to assume well, if you're coming in a couple of weeks, it could still be cold, but. It, to be probably original or caught Skyrack, would you would you both agree with that? No. No. <laughs> if no. you fancy something completely different that's not really game day orientated at all, vinyl whistle is not mm, a bad yes. shout because they that's yeah. a vinyl shop that also does uh drinks and they do Kirkstall yeah. beer actually as well. Um yeah. but if for a game day to be honest, I actually don't think the stadium's that would have actually bad of an option, especially now they've got they had happy hour on, didn't they? It was two pound fifty a pint for the first hour, I think. When it five wild six, yeah. So it's it's not. I mean, it's, the, the stand's quite nice, but um, what do you think? Um, was that me? Sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, avoid the sky rack because it's awful. Um, Oak is brilliant, um, but definitely better in the summertime. And taps, taps is always good. And even in summer now, taps is really good because the outdoor bit makes it quite nice. Yeah, it gets better. But yeah, mm. 
Head of steam's not bad as well. Head of steam's not bad. Yeah, it depends. It depends what you're after, Ronnie. But to be to be honest, as I kind of touched on earlier, there's everything in Headingley. So yeah. I don't know if it's your first time or, but yeah, it depends <laughs> kind of what scene you're after. But there's there's everything. Um, Nathan has asked, "When is the billion po- billionaire podcast uh, happening?" This is not. This is also sorry, Nathan. He's asked this question about seventeen <laughs> times, but I just never put it in the mailbox. <laughs> oh, so this is being a rookie, Nathan. We I'll have put, talked about. I'll put we have thoughts about it. We're just trying to work out how we're going to do it uh, and how we're going to fit it in. It is on our agenda at some point. It will be funny. It will. In fact, we might even have to bring Nathan on for it because um, that's a good idea. We have probably brought apologise for it one too many times. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy has asked. Uh, Rob Oates was a great guest. Clearly, see that he loves the club and he's a fan, just like us all. Um, have we got any more guests lined up? Uh, and he also adds, uh, keep up the good work. The podcast is going from strength to strength. So thanks for the kind words, Andy. We got anyone lined up, Eddie? We have. We're working on someone. It's very, very close. Very close. We're just trying to confirm. But as we record this now, it is, what day is it? Wednesday. Wednesday evening. Yeah. It's penciled in for Tuesday evening. But, so potentially one in the, on Tuesday. But we're always working on others. For instance, I've been speaking to Paul Ayton. He said he'd like to come on. He's more than happy. Just got but... a slight <laughs> problem with that one. Yes. He, I believe he lives in Papua New Guinea. So, <laughs> so either me and Eddie are going on a company expenses all, all paid trip. <laughs> That's <laughs> or right. we're going to have to get up really early and do the podcast. Yes. This is news no, to Chris's This is news to Chris's ears, but ACD&B have actually sponsored us to fly out <laughs> to Papua New Guinea for two weeks and do a podcast with Paul Layton. And again, it's it's just thrashing out the de- finer details of our schedule and Paul's. And so there's there's things like that in the pipeline, but it's it's just it just takes time. But it, once, as you're all aware, with Danny Maguire and Yestin and things and everyone else that's been on, once it happens, it's worth it, you know. And, it's like it's only myself and Reese and Andrew who really are aware of who we have bubbling away. So it's like we're the one you, people listening and watching are aware of that time scale. You know, it's like we work on it and thrash it out. But yeah, should we? I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure we'll have someone on Tuesday. Fantastic. Uh, Will has asked, "Will Hooley get a shot at Will Hooley? Who's he? <laughs> no, as in." Will Hooley. Luke. No, as in, well, that's a question. You're just, you're just trying to make me not do this hosting again, aren't you? You're just getting jealous that I'm doing <laughs> it. Think, than me. And you think that I'm doing a better job. Yeah. So, will Luke Hooley get a shot at playing fullback this season, or do you think Smith will persist with Milo? Loz? I think, I'll be honest with you, I think Milo's kind of on a weird little, um, little tightrope at the minute, isn't he? I think in form terms, he needs to either up his game or he could be very much out, well, not quite out of his ear, but he might have to think about being moved. I think Hooley just needs to buy his time at the moment, doesn't he? Just keep grafting, keep putting possibly good performances in on training pitch, and you know he could end up finding himself in the team. But it's a tricky one, isn't it? I don't know what, I don't know. It's Again, it's what Milo does in the next few weeks, isn't it? Hooley's, am I right in saying Hooley's come back into training this week? Yeah, he's back into training now. I, I, I'd like to see him have a shot. You know, the, the guy's been in the championship for a while. He's had his chance and then came back. But 
you get he's obviously got something in him for for us to have a look mm. at him. Um, I mean, Myler was better under the high ball last week. Obviously, didn't drop one. Um, but I do think I would like to see Hooli given a shot. I would suspect it'll probably be in the early rounds of the cup because um, yeah. I imagine he'll be fit by then. Um, but do you want to see him have a chance? It kind of depends on Myler's form as well because yeah. he's obviously started the season really poorly. And it's also you've also got to take into account like Smith does fancy Ash at fullback, you know. I, I think I think that could happen. And in a similar vein to Myler kind of falling into the fullback position, I think the next person, be it Ash, Luke, Harry, whoever. I think that the next person that does play fullback could be there for the rest of the year, if that makes sense. I think so. Similar to because I feel only in that it's a position where there's a little bit of uncertainty because Hool is is a newbie, is to the league, to the standard, um, to the to the club. Myler's out of form and is it his last year? We've got another year. Yeah. I think he's got two. Uh, yeah, so, and it, it's a bit up in the air. And I think the next player to, to to kind of fall in and start there will think this position's really up for grabs. So I think yeah. that could be Hooli, it could be Ash. I just think whoever's the next one after Myler, I think they'll be there for the rest of the year. Do you think I this think... is a bit of a strange question to ask, but do you think if Myler, say, doesn't pick up any form, then that could be his lead career not quite done but won't be far off do you think that could be the case or has that been a little it, bit too is that not optimistic but is that been a bit too you know that sounds really harsh on it but yeah do you is, do you think it could be the end of him I, I, I it depends on the halfback situation he might end up being a utility player I, are you that, trying to that, tell me utility Richard not, halves. Not Duncan please place. tell me you're not driving because if Duncan's <laughs> driving, M62. Yeah, I mean, no, he's he, might, he might be a bench player that, or a, a utility player, he could, like in his second year with us. I wouldn't, with his age, I wouldn't see anyone wanting to get him out of his contract to go play for them. I don't right. think so. So I think you'll see out his contract with us personally. Do you remember yeah, when he played as a hooker for a bit? Yeah, that was a strange move, wasn't it? That's, That's kind of how it happened. That yeah, he was doing that utility role on the bench, did a couple of spells at hooker, and then in that Warrington game, Walker went off injured, didn't he? And yeah, yeah, like, right. Move there, yeah. Here's, so I think here's it was um, fullback. It came. I think it was um, Salford in 2020. He came on. The, he came off from the bench as a hooker. And he actually played really well, if I remember mm. rightly. And I think it's one of those where if you play him as a utility, it could work. But I do think as a starting fullback, I think it's starting to get to that point where you start thinking it's not working. It's not working. But yeah, we'll I see. Don't know. Yeah. Early days. Kevin is asking about another player. He's asking about uh, James Bentley. So he's really pleased to see Bentley back in the squad. He's asked, do the panel feel he's been a big miss in the previous two games? For me, it's a simple answer. Yep. Yeah. His work rate, his tackle rate, his aggression. Um, I think he's I think I think I'm really looking forward to him being back uh on Friday. Um as is the rugby league disciplinary panel. Um <laughs> more lobster, yum yum. Yeah, but <laughs> Eddie, what do you think about Bentley? Do you have massively? Happy? Massive, massive, massive loss. Massive. 
the back end, forget the World Cup, forget every, the stupid Victor Radley thing at the World Cup, whatever it was, the world, forget that. That's forgettable. His, his Bentley's form in the playoff run was unbelievable. Yeah. Absolutely. Unbelievable. unbelievable. You, th- you think back to that Catalan away game in the playoffs. He was absolutely outstanding. He had what it Macalorum in his face, Tompkins in his face, someone else in his face, and he was just laughing at him as if to say, I'm here all night. I'm here all night. You can work me as much as you can. I'm not doing anything, just pure on the line aggression. And Jesus missing him absolutely. If he we get that to, version, carry well as well, didn't he? Like he was popping up with tries. Is it Wigan? He got like, two tries, or yeah, Wigan in the semi final, yeah. he got two tries, didn't he? If we get that version of James Bentley back, he is in his last year with the Rhinos. He is. And, I mean, if if he can play to that those that level of performance for the majority of this year, I think you're looking at an NRL player, to be honest. I, I, know, people, I know people say to me I'm over the top and deluded, but I think that type of form he was in, if he can consistently do that this year, I, I'd hope he'd stay. Yeah, that's why I said hopefully not. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. Last start of last year, I called him a moron because I did think he was playing like a moron, getting sent off in his aggression. Rowan came in, completely flipped him on his head, transformed him, and I, I genuinely believe a solid season, and it could be an NRL. What do you think? Lost, Lost? Do you think we missed him? Hundred million percent. We have got nobody who's well, apart from the uh, the big French legend taking the ball forward. We've had very little any drives from our forwards. I mean, we've needed somebody with grunt and power to do it. And okay, don't necessarily all get that from Bentley, but you get that aggression. And that's what we've needed from our forwards. We've needed that person to just go, come on, lads, let's get going. And he did that, like Eddie said, for the last two-thirds, well, the two-thirds of last season. He was absolutely superb, wasn't he? So we've needed that. And I mean, we're also crying out for a big mix to come back as well. I think if you know, with those two, we'd actually get the ball moving more, wouldn't we? Let's be brutally honest. And I think if the question is, sorry, Reese, just to, James Donaldson or James Bentley, <laughs> so it's, it's a no-brainer. It's a complete no. Porsche or a Lada from eighteen seventy-two. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, it's it's literally like that, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> On that note, uh, Alan has uh, asked, what do you think our chances are of a signing mid-season? He says that uh, he's always found it can revitalise a squad and generally comes with an upturn in form in some cases. And I think Hardake is probably the biggest example of that most recently last year. Um, Eddie, go on, I'll let you go first on this one. Alan Awatiti came mid-season. Yeah. Uh, Rob Lewis, to an extent, came in. We had a reshuffle. We shouldn't have got rid of Matt Parcel, but we had a reshuffle. He came in and saved us. Um, I do think it can revitalise, particularly a team out of form. You know, I think I think it has obviously more of an impact there. But in terms of us, I think the only way I could see that happening would be if one of keep going about the halves, but if one of Caesar or Austin were to leave early this year, I think that's the only gap there. I think the rest. It's kind of settled to a degree. We don't know what's going to happen, but but then it's it's who you bring in again off the back of that. But I, I do agree. I kind of said when we discussed the quarter spots on the previous two podcasts, I'd kind of keep one available just in case for that. 
that I, for me, so. I just kind of think that we shouldn't we shouldn't be setting up the squad that we need a mid signing season. Mm. So if 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 we're needing a mid signing a season in the middle of the season, then something's not going right for me. And mm. at the moment, we could be three losses free at the start of the season, so you could argue that we might mm. need one, but I don't think we will. Um, but again, I, I do agree with Eddie. If we've got a spare quota spot that could someone can come in and revitalize the squad, then yeah, it's got to be done. Loz? Yes, I, I agree with you, Race, but the only issue is it has to be somebody who's right. And you've got to be careful because teams will obviously clearly know that Leeds will be wanting to play. Oh, well, not necessarily wanting to play, but if we wanted to play, they'll be trying to put every, you know, transfer phase, if there is one, or making it even more difficult for us to sign somebody. It, we've got to go for, if we are going for somebody, have to go for somebody who's going to make an impact and actually be worth it for the team. You can't just, just sign anybody. I mean, who are we going to go for if we did? Would it be an Aussie player or would it be, you know, How many times do I have to say Mitchell Moses? Well, this is it. I was, to, I was just like Candyman Reese. Yeah, I was just five times in the mirror. You know, him, well, I was actually going to say Sam Walker, but, you know, we're just going to lead on to that. But, yeah, he's one of those where you, you've got to make sure the person is the right person you need and not just a, a desperation signing. So it's a bit, it's a really dangerous game to play, but if it, it can have its benefits, I suppose. That is the questions that I have, uh, uh, Eddie. Can you go on to your Twitter? Because I believe we've got a question from John. Uh, we've got a question from he who shall not be named and also from Chris. <laughs> so John Winter, Mr. Fantasy League champion, noticed how we haven't even mentioned it, John, this week on the mailbag because you've won it already. <laughs> Winter asks, if Saints played the whole game on Friday with 12 starters, would you be confident of a Leeds win, Laurie? So if, if Saints played with 12. Do you think Leeds would win on Friday? Uh, no. However, really? Come on. Um, there were bits of the game on. I know they were tired. Uh, you can say they were tired after our ventures that they had coming back from Australia. There were bits on the game on Sunday where you thought, you know what, Cass, you should have really done a lot to them. And there's part of me that thinks Friday, if we take our chances, you could do something. However, Saints, as soon as they get an inch to take a yard off you, don't they? So, even with 12 men, I think they'd still... I don't know. I, don't, I feel bad saying this. I think they could. They would still beat us. Sorry. I would be more confident than I am now. <laughs> what did you say on the match review? Saints by... 18, 20. I think. 18 to 20, yeah. 20 to 30. Yeah. No, no, about 18 to 20. No, Mark was 20 30, wasn't he? Mark said it specifically. Yeah. What did he say? 52-10? Yeah, something like that. Would you what, be confident? 10 points? Good God. Yeah. What Would would you be confident, Eddie? Obviously, I'm, you're confident anyway. But We'd beat Saints if they had 14 and we had 12. We're going <laughs> to... Honestly. Honest, trust me. I know I was wrong about Brad Dwyer scoring last week. You were we wrong. Are, and I put money on that as well. We are... One, I think my brother did. We are 100% beating Saints on Friday, I'm telling you. Even those cheeky buggers at the Loose Forward podcast were saying, I did the predictions this week, and they were saying, come on, Eddie. That's ridiculous, because I said Leeds by 18. We are going to beat Saints. It's a brave shout, mate. Brave shout. I, I think they're falling in love with us a bit, actually, the Loose Forward. We, keep get, we get a mention every week on their pod now. 
We do. The good lads. We like them. John also says, will our marquee prop break the 100-metre barrier for a game this season, Reese? Uh, yes, uh, on the basis that he did do it last year. Um, against Warrington? He did do it last year. He definitely had one game, at least one game where he got over 100. I think it was Warrington. I remember being... Um, I could get my stats out, but I'm, I, I live in fear of my computer crashing. Um, <laughs> so, I, he definitely got... I think there was definitely two games he got over 100 last year. Um, so, do you so, think yeah, he'll do it again this year? Yeah, I think he will. On more than one occasion? I I, I would say... No, I'd say <laughs> two. Probably Wakefield. Twice. Wakefield twice. Oof. That's a brave do, call. Do you agree with that, Laurie? Do you think our marquee uh, no. man... No, no, we'll not do it. I agree. I agree. I'm not going to read he shall not be named's tweet. <laughs> <laughs> clearly mad getting drunk with Laurie in Castleford. Mm. Chris says, I need, Chris asks us, I need to understand the thinking behind playing wingers in the centres and especially Hanley. I also wonder where the money will be spent for 2024, assuming we let Austin Caesar, Tetevano and Fussy to it all go. That's a lot of money and overseas spaces. We've kind of discussed this twice previously, Reese. Yeah, we have. More yeah. a question for you, Laurie. What would you do if Tetevano, Fussy to it, Caesar and Austin leave? What positions do you think? Think it's like for like, or where would you, you like to see the end of the quarter spots? Again, it's a case of what can you get possibly from the NRL and who would want him to come over. Um, it's a tricky one. Obviously, Sam Walker's going to come over. You know, yeah. Mitchell Moses. Um, I've covered. And only one quarter spot there because Sam is obviously... A, is a from Leeds, yeah. Right. So, you know, we've got that spot available. I mean, let's yeah. be honest, we'll have a... Mm -hmm. For our marquee prop, we might have a uh, little party to celebrate his um, good stint at Leeds, I think. I mean, we could always... Uh, Organize that, couldn't we? Um, yeah, I think you've got you've got to be careful. You've got to be sensible. I mean, without sounding too harsh, some of our signings recently haven't been uh, over over uh, celebrated, have they? So, in terms of our recruitment from overseas, so it could be interesting. Um, I, I'm intrigued. Who would you sign? Well, we've already been there, but would you? I mean, I don't know. We've got we, to get we, somebody. I, using I, said, I said halfback, hooker, prop, full. Yeah. I think. Yeah, because I think a hooker might be well needed, really, to be fair. I think that could be a very important role for next season. I think the main thing is two halves for me. Two halves yeah. to come in with Jackson Field. That gives us cover for a year, two years. Just depends. So, oh, go on. Would you have a question? No, just depends on the squad, what changes. I can't say much changing, but if for whatever reason, one of those four that are out of contract has an amazing year. It's a different conversation, isn't it? It is, yeah. And on to the final set of questions. So, uh, Eddie, remind me who sent the question for the Lot Pod squad. Can you remember? I think there was four. No, who who's actually was originally... Oh, the question. original question was from Chloe, coincidentally. Chloe. So she's picking Chloe. quite the questions. She has. So, Chloe, thanks very much for that question because the feedback that we've had from, from our squad has been excellent, not just from ourselves, but the feedback we've had on the pod. But we have also had some questions on the back of it. So, oh Nigel has said, oh, Nigel's actually had a go at me saying that my team wasn't complete, so I need to complete it. So, Nigel, for the next uh, mailbag or maybe on Twitter or something, I might, I'll do it. I, but I will include Yeston Harris and Danny Maguire. 
uh, and I'm Barry. Uh, and Barry and Danica, <laughs> and Sophie, Danica. Uh, somehow get you in in there. Um, but yeah, I will do that. But I'll ask the question from Sam or comment from Sam. And this is quite flattering, actually, is this, Eddie? Uh, but Sam has said, it should have been me and you in the halves. Um, that has to be the best combination available. So I think I see myself oh, as Sam, the, too sweet. The, the big fat running. I'm probably Rob Louie. <laughs> like I'm the, the 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 bigger builded half of the two, um, who that's you know probably more often that's... that would just take the ball in. Reese, that's possibly the best the best description I've ever heard. You give me something that's brilliant. Yeah, but it's true. Like, I mean, it's true. What what you can only see on this video screen right now is my shoulders and up. What you can't see is my massive fat belly and how tall I am. Um, so I mean, Eddie has said. To be honest, I always saw Reese as a centre, and I'm like, you've not seen me run, my friend. You haven't seen me run. Uh, it's, or chasing it, after anyone. it's so funny though how just how people have that perception of like because it was a fresh question so when people heard it they'll have been rattling the brain thinking yeah. right They've, people have kind of <clears throat> built their squad in their mind as they're listening to us put ours out and it, it's so funny how like people are instantly thinking right Eddie he's a halfback yeah, uh, I, I mean, I could see us doing it. He's a, he's a center, I mean, and without butting here, guys, who put me at center? I mean, that me? made me laugh. I've never I mean, played center me. in my life. That was atrocious. <laughs> I mean, good god, you, you, you're gonna be. Um, I, I would be, I do have the turning circle of um, a certain former Rhinos player at St. Helens at the moment. You know, that's you the sort be, of turning he circle. He won't be listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, so Sam, thanks for putting me in the halves. It is probably a bit like the two Ronnies, to be fair, little and large. Um, but thank you for the comp combination. I, I, I will take more that. like Chuckle Brothers. Chuckle Brothers. I, I think I'd go first receiver and I'd put probably Eddie out at second receiver. But anyway, yeah. uh, Olivia has made a very, very, very good point, and I think this is completely true. And for those of you that know Duncan and Mark and have met Duncan and Mark, you will probably would agree with this. Olivia says Duncan and Mark will be harder than Morley and Peacock. That is a <laughs> I agree, Olivia. I agree. That as I said at the time, that that strikes that would strike fear into uh, yeah. Morley and Peacock. Them yeah. two. What a and then yeah. I, I can't remember. I think it was yeah, I think it was someone in the comments when we did it live. Um, or someone kind of said something along the lines of how fearsome that those two would be, and it might have been me, but <laughs> Duncan and Mark, that would strike fear in Super League sides. That I, I, I'd love to see it. I've been, um, I've been hooked by uh, Duncan celebrating a try, and believe me, that was blooming painful. So, yeah, you can imagine him tackling is going to be 10 times worse. <laughs> well, the, the RFL tweeted about that, our rugby league touch league that they've been doing, and maybe we'll have, well, it probably is not as... Phys it's probably not as physical for Duncan and Mark, but well, I just kind of want to see it. Um, because I, I also play. like how every or the majority of the other positions I've had text, we've had feedback from this loads. Really good question, Chloe. And the one that everybody has kind of agreed with is Duncan and Mark, and at prop. <laughs> everything else 90% have been like, Yeah, I'd have put Reese here, Josh should have gone there, Captain blah, blah, blah. No one has said, What. Duncan should have been at fullback. <laughs> also, Reese putting me at second row for 80 minutes. That made me howl. I think you that. Us out on a tweet about Myla being dropped. 
<laughs> that led to me and Laurie get uh, me and Eddie getting a load of abuse. Um, I was punishing you and making you play 80 minutes. Um, where would you put yourself, Laurie, just out of interest? Because I've got a comment here about where you should play, but where do you think you would play in that seven? Um, Obviously, you don't I'd agree be, with second row or centre. Oh, I'd be 10 minute prop and coach. Oh, that's prop right. and coach. Water boy. It actually, I actually said water boy to Eddie when the question first came through. I was kind oh, wow. on the podcast, but I'm going to say it now, actually. Uh, Kenny puts you as a prop. Prop. So Kenny agrees. Um, Kenny also says he'd put Mark as a Hoover. Now, I'm assuming he's spelt that wrong. Oh, it's been autocorrect. <laughs> and that's meant to be hooker. Okay. Um, uh, and he did say he put Eddie uh, in the halves as well. But he, Kenny has also said it's strange how we all have our opinions. Yeah. On who plays where. So keep that feedback coming through. Um, we might have to do some sort of weird video at the end of the season of that, like a team sheet sort of thing and, and, and do it. Everyone's got um, a everyone's got a squad number now. So I think when we introduce them, we'll have to say, right, <laughs> lock pod number six, lock pod number seven and thirteen. Like, yeah, kind of keep it going. Lock pod I number am, nine. I am loose <laughs> forward. I am not uh, anyway, a second row, wherever you put me, your hooker. Um, <laughs> that is all my questions. Laurie, um, I'm assuming John Winter's still winning the Fantasy Super League. I don't really want to look at the table. He didn't win it all this week, but is he still top? He is. is. And, at one, and at one point during the weekend, there was a whole fan who was actually above him in the table. And I was actually eh? going, what? One of, um, I can't. I haven't got the details on me, actually, but there was a whole guy who got over 700 points this weekend, and it was absolutely coasting it. And I was like, what? John's not top. Then I looked on Monday morning, and John had flown back up to the top. So, yeah, it, 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 it could get a bit, you know, I think it's going to get a bit interesting next few weeks, especially when uh, people start making changes. We might not see John there at the top. You never know. Stranger things could happen. I'll keep it, checking it, up here. It felt like the best score in the history. Well, I'm Super just going to quickly have a look now, if I can. But I think no, it's still top. It's still top by 110 points. Because there was one of the, um, like I say, the whole fan that was leading at one point. I yeah, the whole fan Simon Garrard got 747 yeah. points. So he got Jesus. he got John got 672, which again it's. So that's amazing. I mean, one of my teams got 599 this week, so that says something. But that's amazing. That is fair play, to be fair. But it could yeah. all change. We're only two weeks in. I don't know. Where's Josh? Josh Heffernan, 13. Cam Smith's mullet. He's, he's slowly <laughs> coming up. Um, in terms of our teams, I, wow. I haven't even. Oh, Laurie, Laurie's the highest out of all of us. He's got. Two teams, got... one team at 36, one team at 38. Um, I think that's as high as the three of us that are on the pod go. Yeah. <laughs> Duncan's got 49 and 50. He's got two sides there. Have you got that's a team? Reece. Reece. I've, I've got, got three. If you really keep scrolling. scrolling. To find Reece. If you keep scrolling. <laughs> Reese is really down <laughs> at the bottom. <laughs> he's, keeping the, uh, he's keeping the ladder safe. That's what he's doing. I'm just replicating the Rhinos. Yeah. That's uh, exactly what I'm doing right now. Rubbish By the end of the year, I'll be top, telling you. Rubbish, rubbish start and then a strong end to the year. Exactly. Um, so that is uh, the mailbag. Chloe, thank you for your suggestion to making me host it. Laurie, thank you for your time and thank you for my glorious assistant. Uh, Eddie. Well done, Reese. Well done, Reese. 
<laughs> Thank you very much. We will be back uh, this weekend to review uh, the win against St. Helens, the remarkable <laughs> win that will happen on Friday. Um, up, <laughs> up until then, thanks very much and see you soon.